It's episode 55, and we're staying alive. Okay, so um, we took about a month off. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry for not putting out any, like, notice or anything. I just kind of... Just to clear our heads, you know. I just kind of did it. Too much murder. <laughs> well, I started... And mayhem. Murder and mayhem. I started getting... Um, I don't know. Like, I had, like, this this moment where I... Just, like, didn't want to do it. Like, I wasn't in the correct headspace. And there were some other things that came up that kind of irritated me about um, podcasting. And um, this was kind of like a like a personal withdrawal. But I knew I was going to come back. Like, I was doing notes and stuff. So, um, and I'm planning on working on, like, a really big project that I'll talk about at the end. So now you got a backlog. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still going to do... Like, try to do one episode a week. Yeah, I know. But I feel better about it now. I wanted to do it today. So, um, sorry for the wait of, uh, like, four weeks for this. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Some news in our lives. Um, I got promoted. Oh, congratulations. Jason got promoted. Congratulations, Jason. Congratulations. Thank you, Jason. So both of us have had um, some job stuff going on, and we're very excited about it, but it's been taking up a lot of energy and time, and I start like officially training tomorrow, and Jason starts officially on Wednesday. Um, it's still the Which places, is a weird day to start. It but, is. But it's still the know. places that we've been working, but um, we got promoted, so yay! I feel so... So official. So official. So official, like a fish. I moved up two steps since I started in June, and there's only two steps to get to underwriter. So oh. I could be, I could be one of the big, the big dudes. You're the best around. <laughs> and Jason no got a nice. Get you down. Jason got a nice senior accountant role at a nice small company, which seems to treat him nicely. Yep. I'm pretty upset about his benefits not being my benefits. <laughs> <laughs> they could be if you want them to. No, I can't just take off as many days as I want with no repercussions. Hey, wait. <laughs> that's not what I said. Eh. All right, that's what I said. <laughs> but anyways, um, so we're moving into good things, hopefully. Yep. We have, a, we're in a wait to get our vaccine, but all of the appointments are taken. Yep. So we're, we're going to wait till one's available. The people who are, like, traveling probably need it more than we do right now, too. So, you know, when it happens, it happens. Just it's keeping that magical time. Keeping everybody, you know, uh, up to date with what's happening in the world with just a couple of sentences. Yeah. <laughs> Jason is uh, drinking beer, so this might be weirder as the, as the recording goes on. As the night progresses. <laughs> Okay, so I have a crazy case. It's, All right, how crazy is it it's, on a scale of one to molestation? There's no molestation. Good. But it is a pretty crazy case. All right. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so I want to start off by saying I had like a shit ton of uh, podcasts I listened to about it. Okay. Um, so I listened to Moms and Murder, Case File. Um, there was... There was another one that's on YouTube. I can't think of what it is right now. Um, but then I also watched a 48 Hours Mystery on it. And I, I also read the Wikipedia page. Um, I'll try to find the YouTube one bef like at the end okay. before I'm done. But the story's all the same pretty much. It's just I wanted to listen to it a bunch of times, so I was really nice really and familiar with dialed it. dialed in. Okay. So... We're going back to the 80s. Oh. Yep. In California. California. So, um, February 24th, 1986, 
Sherry Rasmussen um, was living with her husband, John Rutten, um, in Van Nuys. I listened to this a bunch of times to know how to pronounce it pronounce it and it is v-a-n-n-e-y-s but i've heard them say like van van nuys so sorry californians if that's not correct <laughs> okay. um so john left left home around 7 a.m um and his wife sherry said that she wanted to play hooky from work that day um she had a she was like teaching a class or giving like a presentation and she just wasn't feeling it um, cause she had heard her back doing aerobics the day before oh. and all I imagine is just like that eighties aerobics, you oh. know, like the bright spandex and everything with the, with the slide boards. Yeah. Yeah. But she apparently like hurt her back. Um, and so she didn't really want to do it, but he was like, Hey, you should go in. So he tried to call her throughout the day and she did not answer. Um, so he thought, okay, she went to work. Oh, no. So he calls his, her assistant, her assistant said, Hey, I haven't seen her either, but that wasn't super ab- abnormal because, um, she was teaching a class, and sometimes she wouldn't go into the office for that. Okay. Um, and then around 9.45, a neighbor noticed the garage door was open with no car inside. Okay. Um, and then a maid nearby heard something like fighting or falling um, that morning as well. Hmm. So there was some, something going on. Something going on. So around 6 p.m., um, John returned home from work. Um, and his wife's BMW, which she got as a, an engagement present, um, was gone. Um, but he saw broken glass from the sliding glass door. Um, and he goes inside and he finds his wife, um, dead from three bullet holes. Oh. Um, two in her upper torso and one in her abdomen. Pop, pop, pop. Um, there was a bloody handprint next to the panic button. So that's terrible she was so close yeah um he called the police at that point um and they noticed that there was a cd player and a vcr stacked near the door um it looked kind of like it was going to be a robbery yeah um there was severe signs of signs of a struggle there were pools of blood all over the floor all over the walls just fucking everywhere Mm. um she there were chairs turned over um and then sherry's face was like bruised and beaten and then they said it appeared that she had been hit on the head knocked out shot and then killed um there's a blanket found nearby that had bullet holes in it so they think that the the gun was wrapped um to kind of muffle the noise muffle the noise not cover her body no no no. it was on like the couch oh okay um and her purse like, was, I mean, co- cover the body so they didn't see her while they shot her. Oh, no, no, no. It was, like, like bunched. Oh, okay. So, like, probably to muffle the sound. Because yeah. they were in, like, a, a condo, I think. Yeah. Um, so, there were deep bite marks in her arm, um, which were swabbed for DNA and put into a vial and sealed away. Now, this is 1980, um, the mid-1980s, so DNA was not a thing. Yeah. But they, I guess they were hopeful that someday it would be a thing. So good for them. Yeah. Because guess what? Spoiler alert. Very, very, very important to this case. Mm. Um, whoever swabbed this bite mark is a hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was also um, some weird things. Like I said, the stereo equipment was moved. Um, it was just kind of like a, it was a very intense scene. Yeah. But the only thing missing were her purse, her car, okay, and their marriage license. Oh, marriage license. Yep. Oh, she cheating on him. We'll we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. There's not much that I could find about Sherry herself, um, but early life, she was the middle child of three girls: two Nels and Loretta Rasmussen. Um, she was extremely brilliant, um, graduated high school and began nursing school at 16. Hmm. Um, she graduated at 20 from Loma Linda University and became the director of critical care nursing at Glendale Adventist, Adventist, Adventist medical center hospital at age 27. So she's a badass bitch. Yeah, she is. Um, she met John in the summer of 1984 um, who was a successful young engineer. 
They got engaged in 1985 and got married um, November 23rd, 1985, which means that they were married for three months when she was killed. Oh, no. So. Very upsetting, you know. Yeah. So, who and why? Who done it? Who done it? So, they believed it was these two Latino men. Okay. And the reason they thought this was because in the neighborhood that they were in, um, there had been other situations where, like, a woman was actually held up by by gunpoint um, by two Latino men, and there had been a lot of break-ins, a lot of robberies, like, a lot of really bad shit going on. And it's yeah. the 80s in California. It's Even the nice neighborhoods are not that nice. Yeah. Um, so... They believe that the robbers assumed the house was empty since it was the middle of, you know, the work day. And they were getting stuff to steal like they were putting it by the door. And then she startled them by being home and they freaked out and shot her. Oh. Well, fought her and then shot her. Hmm. Um, so Detective Mayer, he was like in charge of the case. Um, he believed it was a burglary and he did not look at anybody else. Oh. He was completely just blindsided. Not blindsided, that's not the correct word. On. He had his blinders on. Yeah. Um, and he didn't even look at John, yeah. which everybody always looks at the husband. Yeah. Especially when he like called a couple of times throughout the day. Like it's it's a little sus. <coughs> but um he was dead set on these Latino men. Um the cops did find blood, hair, and fingerprints in her car when they did find it. But okay. at the time, it didn't do anything. Um, and there was one person who was completely bypassed by police, despite several people saying, hey, check this person out. Hmm. Who was that? Stephanie Lazarus. Stephanie Lazarus. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little All bit right, about tell Stephanie. Tell me about Stephanie. So Stephanie Lazarus... Um, she actually was kind of pointed to by both Sherry's family and by John. Okay. And the detectives are still like, nah, it's these, these Latino men. <laughs> so John and Stephanie met at UCLA while in college. Um, he attended from 78 to 82, and they um, met somewhere in between there. He was a mechanical, a mechanical engineering student, and she was a political science major. Mm, yes. Um, they became fast friends. They were both extremely athletic, so they always hung out together. Mm. Um, and they became friends with benefits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so there were accounts of Stephanie like literally like stealing John's clothing when he got out of the shower mm. or would take pictures of him naked while he slept. Okay, you know, some weird. real sexual harassment bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's a little weird. Um, so... It's a lot weird. They were, like, they were kind of, like, casually dating. They would, like, make out and stuff. Yeah. But um, John became an engineer, and Stephanie applied for the LAPD um, Police Academy, and they had sex for the first time after he graduated. Okay. Um, so over the course of a couple of years, they had sex between 20 and 30 times from 81 to 84. That he knows of. <laughs> It's true. I didn't even think of that. She's taking pictures of him sleeping. Who knows what else is happening? Yeah. But 20 or 30 times over three years, that's not a lot. But, I mean, it's definitely nothing to, you know. Yeah. So, Stephanie definitely had way more feelings for John than John had for Stephanie. Yep. Um. So much that she threw a surprise birthday party for his 25th birthday. Yeah. And was completely thrown off guard that he was seeing other people. Oh. So, quick pause here. I wonder if he was like, listen, like, this isn't serious. And she was like, uh -huh, okay, sure. Or if, like, he, like, kind of didn't mention it. Mm. You know, because it's... I don't know. It's one thing if you're, like, kind of friends with benefits and, like, you bang every once in a while. Um... But, like, if she thinks that it's her boyfriend and he yeah. is, like, leading that on, not cool. Yeah. But if they're under the impression that they're both friends with benefits, like, maybe he thought she was also, you know, kind of dating around. Yeah, they I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, they don't really get into detail, but it sounds like she thought they were together and he did not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
as they were not officially together, he did not think to tell her that him and his new girlfriend, uh, Stephanie, not new, but, you know, fairly recent, uh, Sherry, were um, engaged. Oh. So she finds out, I don't know if it was at his birthday or like a little bit after, but in August of 1985, she wrote a letter to his mom because she knew his whole family. Yes. Um, and said she didn't understand his decision. And then in her journal, she like went on and on about how like he, she loved him and she didn't feel like going into work mm. because she was so upset about him yes. getting engaged. Um, just kind of like she was very into this relationship. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so she asked him to come over and begged him not to marry Sherry. So you don't go over there. Yeah. You, you don't. You don't. But John was clearly not caring. Um, so he, he still went over and they had sex that night as Aww. closure. Yep. <laughs> so he's engaged and he's had, he's having sex with her, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe he didn't tell her that he was seeing other people. Yeah. And he's a little bit of a jerk. Yep. And by a little bit, I mean a, a good bit of a jerk. A good bit. Quite a good bit. Not that anything that he did is, yeah, you know. Yeah, what counts next. So, um, he repeatedly explained it was the last time and it was for the sake of closure. Yeah. You don't need closure by no. fucking somebody. You don't need closure by closing holes. <laughs> um, so... This is kind of where it turns into like, um, and I hate, I hate saying this, but like some of my favorite stories, like fake stories are like fatal attraction type of stories where like the person goes absolutely bonkers, you know, over like kind of like fatal attraction, swim fan, um, obsession, like all of these ones where like they go absolutely crazy. It sucks because this is a real life story. Yeah. But I do love those movies. Why do you? <laughs> Just because, like, they get crazy. Um, and she does. Like, she gets absolutely crazy. If this was not a true story, yeah. like, this would be a really good movie. Maybe it was. So, Stephanie goes to Sherry's work at the hospital and confronts her and tells Sherry she slept with John two nights beforehand. Um, and when she... So, Sherry does tell John, like, hey, like this bitch showed up and said this john admits it so he does admit it to sherry that he yeah he did it um they do end up still getting married obviously they forgave each other but yeah um so stephanie (laughs) wore tight workout clothes like really like a really like slutty outfit um to go over to his house or his apartment or whatever with um while he was there and his uh, fiance was there, Sherry, and asked to get her skis waxed, mm. which sounds like a euphemism, but he actually waxed her skis. Mm. And whenever she went to pick them up, she went when Sherry was home only and picked them up in her uniform. Mm. Yes. It was kind of like a look who I am. As is tradition, yes. <sighs> which, I mean... If I was vindictive, I would have done similar things. Oh, yeah? Like, I mean, I can see being catty that way. I wouldn't murder somebody, but, you know, maybe just being like, mm-hmm, like, I'm hot, too. I don't know. I would have said, no, I'm not waxing your skis. Yeah, I would have also said, no, I'm not waxing your skis. Please leave me and my fiancé alone. Yep. I've already closed your closure. No. But anyways, so she's still at least trying. Stephanie is giving it a college try to, like, get him to leave his fiancé. No. Not okay with it, but I understand it. Um. So... Sherry was like, John, can you please talk to her? I, like, I don't want her coming to my work. I want her to leave me the fuck alone. Um, he said, just ignore her. Like, she'll get over it. You know, we're, we were just fuck buddies, basically. And, um, but, Stephanie, but Stephanie was stalking Sherry. So Sherry swore she would see her at the gym, at the grocery store, at work. Um, even so much that she started dressing as a man and following her around. (laughs) And she told, like, her co-worker and her dad and everything. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, so she came into the hospital and told Sherry straight up that if she couldn't have John, nobody could. And also, 
man. That if this marriage doesn't work out, I want you to know I'll be waiting to pick up the pieces. Oh, man. So she's a crazy fucking bitch. Yeah, she is. So, um, the investigation we know is botched. It's yeah. complete garbage. Yeah, they're not investigating this. Yeah, so Nell's her father, uh, Sherry's father... So we're going to, you know, she's murdered at this point. We already talked about the, the beginning stuff. So Sherry's father approached the LAPD um, with information about Stephanie, saying, like, my daughter told me that she was being stalked by his ex-girlfriend. Um, and he, the investigators literally told him to stop watching so much TV. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean... I don't think that's the issue here. I can't imagine being her father, like, her whole family, and being like... <laughs> Can you at least look? Can you That's at least why I get check my into this? Out and I, uh, sh- go to her front door. Um, so family actually did get like kind of upset with John not being more proactive. Um, he actually ends up moving out of town. Yeah. Which to me seems a little. I'm, I'm not saying he's he's in because we know what happens now. Um, but like, if I was a detective, I would be like, "That's a little shady." That is. But um. He just didn't want to be in town anymore. And yeah. I think that he believed that he was, like, she was a victim of a robbery. Yeah. Like, he probably believed that the LAPD was doing their job and that she was the victim of a robbery and he wanted to get out of town. So, um, he did admit that he had sex with Stephanie twice after Sherry died, like, down the road. What the fuck? Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't know that she killed her. Well, yeah, but still... So, in 1989, she actually invited him to scuba dive in Hawaii. Um, and whenever this happened, he called the detective and said, Hey, I just want to make sure that, like, she is definitely not connected to my wife's death. Yeah. Um, and the detective said, there is absolutely no way she was. She hmm. is not a suspect at all. Okay. And there's notes on this. Like, yeah. literally, like, there's notes that he called into the detective. And the detective said... She's not a suspect. You're free to go to Hawaii with her. Yeah. She didn't have anything to do with your wife's death. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand, like, maybe, like, he had comfort in an old fling after his wife was gone. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But after um, Hawaii, they kind of lost contact. He moves on. He gets remarried. Hopefully, he didn't fuck anybody else while he was engaged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, Stephanie, let me tell you about her life a little bit here. Oh, man. So Stephanie was like a super well-decorated cop. Yeah. In 1987, she won medals for the World Police and Fire Games in San Diego. Oh. In 1993, she worked for DARE and for internal internal affairs departments and became a detective. And then in 19... (laughs) I put 1996-0... In 1996, she married a fellow police officer and they adopted a daughter um, and she became a police academy instructor. So, like, she's, like, moving up the ranks. Yeah. Um, well, the cold case, like, it, it kind of, it just, this case just fell apart because they never found the Latino guys that they were looking for. Yeah. But they just assumed that it was a burglary. Um, there was reward money, but at... California was just so worried about street gangs and drug violence that they just kind of swept all cold cases under the rug. Yeah. Well, in 1993, Nels even offered to pay for DNA testing because it was like right whenever, you know, it's already getting bigger. And they were told, um, he was told that they needed a suspect for that to happen. And he's like, I have a suspect for you. Yeah. Um, but then in 2004, a criminalist... Named Jennifer Francis analyzed the cold case um, because at that point, you know, crime started dying down from like drugs and from, you know, so they had more time to look at this stuff. So um, the DNA was in the coroner's freezer, like it had gone missing and the envelope was ripped, but the tube was fine. Okay. So she put it into CODIS and wouldn't you have it? Wouldn't you have it? Female DNA. Female DNA. It did not match anything in CODIS, though. Oh, no matches. But, she, so she goes to her supervisor, and she's like, hey, was there any females, like, in the case? And he said there was, her supervisor said, there was a former girlfriend, but she's been ruled out. Move on. 
Huh. <laughs> okay, so she does. So the case goes very cold again until February of 2009. Um, all cold cases were being looked at at this time. Um, investigators Jim Nuttall and Pete Barba um, were now looking at the case. Um, they decided to go back to the beginning um, where the crime scene seemed very inconsistent with burglar, burglary theory because yeah. um, what you imagine is they're moving all this stuff and then she comes downstairs, there's a struggle, they shoot her, they leave. Yeah. And they don't grab any of the shit. Hmm. Well, the way the blood patterns are, it, it looks like all that stuff was moved after she was shot. Oh. Which, why wouldn't you just take it at that point? Yeah. Um, so, they, they also didn't, they didn't take anything. The only thing that was missing was a marriage license, which seems very well, personal. Yeah. If somebody took our marriage license, like, that would be such a weird thing to take. You know, yeah. it's not expensive or anything. So there were five potential female suspects listed on the case, like, period. Like, in all of the, you know, messages. And they ruled out four of them. So only Stephanie was left. Yeah. But she is very decorated. She is working across the hall from the detectives who were investigating her. Yeah. Literally across the hall. Oh, man. Um, so <laughs> they have to be extremely careful about what they do. Yeah. So they start calling her number five. They don't refer to her name, nothing. Yeah. Um, and they have uh, people following her because they don't want to get a warrant for her DNA because they don't want her to be, you know, like raise the alarms. Yeah. So they follow her around and finally she takes a drink out of a cup. And throws that cup out, which is, you know, you can use that DNA. Yep. So, when you have it, the DNA matched so well that I, I believe it was on the, the, um, uh, the one podcast. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. I didn't have time to go back and look. But um, the Case File podcast, I think it was like one in a trillion huh. chance that it was somebody else. Yeah. Which that's pretty, uh, yeah. There's not even that many people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> it was her. Yeah. Um, so she had no disciplinary actions, no complaints the entire time she was working. Huh? She's been a model police officer. She was actually um, working as a, an art thief detective. Oh. And she like, was actually like, well known for it. Yeah. Which reminds me of White Collar that we've been watching. Yeah. Um, so another thing that nails in the coffin is they found that she had, like, she had a service weapon like they all do, but she also had a Smith & Wesson Model 49, 38 caliber at the time of the murder, okay. which matches the bullet holes. Yeah. Um, but without the gun, you know, they can't really do anything. And um, 13 days after the murder... It was reported stolen out of her police cruiser in Santa Monica. Oh, my goodness. But she didn't report it stolen to her own department, but she reported it stolen to Santa Monica. So, like, it didn't... Like, Trigger the Yeah, system. like, that wouldn't be something that would be, you know, cross-contaminated. Yeah. And it wasn't her service weapon, or else that would have been... Yeah, flagged up. Yeah. Which Santa Monica always reminds me of Psych, the Santa Monica oh, Police Department. Okay. <laughs> And then another another big bang in this. The day of Sherry's death, Stephanie was off work. Mm. So she has no alibi. Mm. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. So her arrest had to have had to be like super secretive because they wanted to make sure like they could get her where they needed her to be. Yeah. So, since she is a police officer, she has a weapon at all times. So, what they did is they tricked her into um, going to, I think, the, like the courthouse or whatever, to interview a potential suspect for an art, th art crime. Yeah. So, whenever you do that, you go through a metal detector and you have to surrender your gun because you can't have a gun whenever you're interviewing um, a suspect. Yeah. So, they take her down into one of the rooms. They sit her down. And they're like, listen, you know, this is actually isn't about an art thief. Um, we're talking, we are, we reopened the Sherry Rasmussen case and 
um, we have some questions for you. Yeah. You know, and they're kind of playing it like, you can listen to the whole interview. It's like, it's a long interview, but you can listen to the whole thing. And I just wanted to punch her face the entire time because she, they're like, do you know a John um, Rutten? And she's like, John Rutten? She's like, you mean John Rutten? Come on, bitch. You yeah. fucked him for years. Don't play those games. Yeah. Um, and then he, they're like, do you know, did you ever meet his wife? Well, I don't know if I ever met her. Maybe I met her at, at her work once, you know, like, I don't even remember her name. What was it? Was it Shelly? Was it Sandra? Was it Sherry? Like, cut the games, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this goes on for a while, and she's like, oh, you know, I knew him in college, and I didn't know anything about his wife, and she's like, I don't understand what's going on. And then at the end, like, towards the end, she's like, listen, it sounds like you're making me out to be a suspect at this point. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, you're free to go at any time. She's like, well, I think at this point I need a lawyer. And they're, so she leaves. And as soon as she walks out of the investigation room, the interrogation room, they arrest her and charge her for the murder of, like, they already knew that she did it, but they wanted to get as much information out before she lawyered up. Yeah. Which everything she said like she knows how the investigations work so everything she said was on record and it was totally you know admissible so um she does lawyer up at that point um but it it was already too late like you have the dna evidence um you know you can kind of put Mm. her at the scene of the crime everything like that yeah so, on May 9th, she was found guilty of first-degree murder. Okay. Um, they went through, and um, so John did speak at the trial and said, the fact that Sherry's death occurred because she met me brings me to my knees. It is very upsetting, yeah. you know, like... And it's more so upsetting that, like, everybody was like, hey, have you looked at this crazy bitch? And, like, the cops are like, it was a burglary. And they're like, but can you look? And they're like, No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why wouldn't you at least, like, take a, take a look? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on May 11th, 2012, um, she, was to, to, well, she was sentenced to 27 years in prison mm, with a cha- chance of parole in 22. Oh, man, that's not that much. But she got away with it for fucking forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, she didn't get arrested until 2012. Um, well, she got arrested in 2009, but she didn't get charged until 2012. And, you know, this happened in 1986. So yeah. she lived her whole life. She like, worked her way up through the ranks just because some cops wouldn't fucking listen. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't have them listed right now. Um, you can do your own research, everybody. But uh, basically... There was a lot of, um, uh, lawsuits that were filed against like the LAPD, against, um, pretty much, pretty much like everybody at this, that point, even the girl who said that she found the information and then like they were told, oh yeah, we don't even worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um... It was, it was an interesting case, and I remembered it from a while ago. Hmm. And I just wanted to. Silly cops. Silly cops, and you know the LAPD has been. It's been kind of known for a long time that they're not. The best. (laughs) Yeah, they have their moments. Yeah, I'm trying to find that one. Uh, I can't, I can't think of who, who it is. That one YouTube case. Yeah, so it is, um, C, JCS Criminal Psychology, I think is the YouTube channel that I, I listen to. And that one has a lot of really, really good ones. Mm. Welcome to Jason's Corner. Jason, Jason, Jason. Jason's Corner. 
All right. I want to know what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. <laughs> All right. What conspiracy theory would you like to start, Melly? Mm, let's see here. Um, so it would have to be like, I don't know if I should do like really stupid or like really intense. Oh, do it stupid intense. Okay, let me see. Do you have one? No, not yet. Um, okay. Oh, yes. Okay, go, because I'm going to try right. to think of one. All right. Hot dogs are made up of old people. <laughs> and there's not really a way to cremate people. And we've just been eating them at stadiums for years and years. Have <laughs> <laughs> and they plump when you cook them. Haven't, like, like, haven't they tested, you know, like, hot dogs before? Because there's, like, a bunch of things like, oh. That's all part of the conspiracy, Melly. <laughs> it's all part of the cover-up. Okay. That's a really fucked up one. That it's is, all part of the cover-up. I don't know if I can beat this. <laughs> it's all part of the cover-up. You, you can put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> Literally. I mean... Aunt Bertha, she's been that hot dog all along. I mean... It's not the craziest You don't know what one. mystery meat is. Yeah, it's not... It's literally not the craziest one. I mean, it's that would be terrible. That would be horrifying. Yes, it would be, it would be horrifying. But, but, like, I... You know. It's, it's comical, but it's sad at the same time. <laughs> that would be so messed up. Um... Jeez, I don't know. Because I've eaten my... Joey Chestnut, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that one. I was going to... I don't know. Um, so, praying mantises are aliens. Oh, yes. They're from an alien planet. Mm -hmm. mm, I actually believe that. I mean... I can believe that. I actually just listened to a podcast the other day of, where they were talking about, like, aliens that look like praying man mantises. Yeah. But I think that praying mantises themselves, all of them are just little aliens because they're yes. so creepy. And they're stick bugs, walking sticks. Oh, well, yeah, the stick bugs, too. Yes, walking sticks. Yeah, but I think praying mantises, like, for sure sees. Yeah, okay. I can see it. I, I believe yours. My dad thinks that dolphins are actually aliens. Yes. I believe it. But your dad would actually ride a dolphin off into the sunset. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Okay. He, he would make a motorized dolphin. What else right. you got? All right. So what kid's name is the worst? Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi B. Sorry, I was just thinking of something. That's not really kid's name. I know. Um, no, okay, so worst kid name. Um, like, when you when you hear this kid's name, like a mom scream this kid's name, you think, that's a terrible child. Or a terrible name. Or a terrible name. Like, like being named, um, like, or, or think that, that Michael kid, Hunt, and your name is Mike. Well, yeah, obviously, but, but I just think, like, Trevor, that kid has to be a dick. Sorry, Trevor's. Travers around the world. It's okay. You know you're a dick. <laughs> I guess. I guess the new one is is Chad, Chad oh, and Karen. Chad, Chad, Chad. Yeah, there's good Chads and bad Chads. Yeah, I mean, there's good Karens out there too. I just thought like that meant like you know what. Yeah. Name? What wouldn't you name your child? Mm, Hans Wolfgang. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you would definitely name your kid Hans Wolfgang Amadeus. Schnur. Schnur. Yes. Um uh see I, I wouldn't go by like well I mean obviously you wouldn't name your kid like Hitler or something. Well yeah, but I think it's illegal yeah. to name your kid Hitler. No. Adolf, isn't it? No, you can name your kid Adolf. Are you sure? I mean it's frowned upon. Mm. I mean it's mustached upon. <laughs> um let's see here. 
So, like, any of, like, the dictator names, like, you probably wouldn't want to name your kid. Yeah, you know, like, Mussolini. Yeah, Lenin, you know. Yeah. Um, what about... Or Putin was what I was going to say, but I guess Lenin works, too. Yeah. Putin on the Ritz. Christina wanted to name her kid growing up Brock Lee. Brock Lee, yeah. He'd be a porn star. (laughs) Maybe. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> hmm. Let's see. Sorry for the yawning. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. In uh, here's one for you. In forty years, well, not forty years. We'll we'll just say, like, what's the next group of people? What are people going to be nostalgic over this time period about? Ah, well, back in my day, we're going to be nostalgic about pets. You don't think people are going to have pets in the future? They're not going to be the same kind of pets. I meant, like, not, like, a hundred years from now, but, like, oh. you know how, like, we're nostalgic for, like... Oh, okay, like, bell-bottom jeans and stuff? Yeah, like, Britney Spears' is oh, like, chunky we're going to be highlights. nostalgic for, like, paper money and, like, currency. See, I feel like you're going way too far in the future. Oh, um, no, I'm not. You think that in Jetsons ten, and in shit? Ten, ten you years... You think we're going to be, like, not the Jetsons and shit? In, like, 20 years, you think that... 40 years... We're going to be driving Teslas and shit. We're going to be like, gasoline? How am I going to light my fire? <laughs> Come on, baby, light my fire. Like, what are people going to be over this time period? You think money? Yeah. Like, paper Nostalgia. money? Yeah, we're going to be like, oh, remember that time that we used to I pay was thinking for more goods like, and services? Like, with- pop, like, pop culture, not like... Mm. Things like that. Oh, you remember Taylor Swift? I remember Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift's still going to be a queen in, in 20 to 40 years. Oh. You remember... You remember... You remember... Um, I think I... Okay. You remember Nirvana? Let, let me... You remember... That's you from remember? the 90s. You're not even trying right now. <laughs> People are, are nostalgic over Nirvana now. Yeah. I'm talking about now. Like the oh. 2020s. Hmm. Well, I'm not really hip and with it. Like, okay, for... It's kind of the problem. <laughs> like, I feel like people in the future are going to be like, hey, remember when, like, true crime podcasts were a thing? Oh, yeah, you remember podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, yeah, like you said, like, Taylor Swift, you know. Um, you remember Bitcoin? You remember Bitcoin? Dogecoin? Dogecoin? Um... Remember like Marvel movies? <laughs> you remember you remember Disney Plus? Like all the streaming services and stuff you remember like that. Netflix? Remember how now you have to get fifteen different streaming services and you still don't have the fucking movie you wanna watch? Oh yeah. I we tried okay, so Jason has never seen Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, I remember. Which anybody who is the age of thirty ish y'all have seen this. No. Um, Jason has not. And he loves Robin Williams. So we're trying to find Mrs. Doubtfire, and the cheapest one I can find is $4, which $4 is not a lot of money, but it is whenever I have six streaming services. It's the principle. I have Netflix, Hulu, Discovery Plus, Amazon Prime. um, You know, like we have like a bunch of different ones. I have like Spotify Premium. Like the fact that I have to spend $4 to watch a movie that came out in 1993. I think somewhere around there. Yeah. Is fucking ridiculous. Yoo-hoo. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um anything else that you want to talk about? Patch Adams. I didn't see that. That was too yeah. sad. Yeah, I know. You made me watch Bicentennial Man and I Bicentennial cried. Bicentennial Man and you cried. Yeah, that is sad. Yeah, I cried a lot on that one. Little Miss. <laughs> that was so sad. Little Miss. Um. Um. So, what is the saddest movie you've ever watched? Oh dear. Oh, there's gonna be spoilers for this one. Um, remember me. Okay. If you um have not seen it and you don't want it spoiled, like fast forward like thirty seconds. Okay. Okay. Whenever you find out that it was like actually during like nine eleven. Like, literally, like, Rachel and I were sobbing in the theater. Oh. Like, we had to wait until everybody left because we didn't want people to see how disgustingly sobby we were. 
What was? All right, your time's up. Okay, yep. what was your? What was your saddest movie? Um, my saddest movie was uh, the the fox and the hound. Oh my! Fuck that movie. I don't know. That movie was so sad. But it was sad. Did you ever see um, Old Yeller? No. I haven't seen that either. Uh, it was it was a tie between that and Bambi. Oh, Bambi was so sad too. Bambi was sad. But, but Bambi. But you didn't really develop a connection between the mother. Yeah. But Fox and the Hound, you developed you developed a connection. And I just went with Disney movies because that's what I could remember right now. So, I mean, okay, did you ever see Homeward Bound? No. It it doesn't end. Like, that's, this movie is very old. Or the beginning of Up. Oh, my God, Up. Whoa. Oh. Um, but, like, so Homeward Bound, you think that Shadow, who's, like, the... Um, the golden retriever, you th- he's old, and you think he doesn't make it back from the trip. Yeah. And the little kid's calling Shadow, Shadow, and then... And, like, the animals have voices, you know, like, like they can't speak to the people, but they have, like, voiceovers. And he... And he... And he limps up to his... To his little... To his... To his person. Aww. And, like, he just, like, took a little bit longer, and you thought that he didn't make it, but he did, and it's like... Now I really want to watch Homeward Bound. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what movie people need to see? What? Is that uh that that uh emotions movie? Oh, that Inside Out. Inside Out. It's yeah. on Disney Plus right now. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> watch it now before you have to pay four dollars for uh, it. <laughs> yeah, and and teach your kids about emotions. That was a good one. Yeah, because it it teaches you how you have how emotions evolve throughout you know adult. Adulthood and yeah, and how you can teenagers. have happy and sad memories yeah. at the same time, and yeah, like different triggers get pulled, and like you know, it's a it's a very good, it's a very emotionally intelligent movie. Yeah, and how they're they're like different times, memories are different, attached to different feelings at different times. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you can be, like, this memory can be a sad emotion at different times, and it can be a happy emotion mm-hmm. at different times. And just because it's... Yeah, like, it's it's hard, like, especially, like, if you, like, have ever lost, like, a family member. You know, yeah. like, you can have, you can be happy about some of the things, oh, but, you, like... You remember, you remember, the, remember the time of, uh, they cooked this dish for you, and then yeah. it's like, oh, I remember, and that, that made me smile, and then... But then, you know... Oh, you, you can still time. be sad about it and mad about it, and yeah. it's emotions are so tricky. And I think that's that's yeah, that's why it was such a good movie. It's really good. So, but a I think plus. I think it was an A plus movie. I think I cried in the theaters over that one. But yeah, I've been crying over too. every single Not Disney. Lie. Not gonna lie. <laughs> oh yeah, the imaginary friend part. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm crying, I'm crying. <laughs> Wait, that's backwards. <laughs> but um, I think I think we we covered a broad range of topics, wee and wee wee wee. I know this was supposed to come out on Monday, and it is now Tuesday. Tuesday. I guess that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, Tuesday bad. It's not Tuesday, bad. Um, sorry that this took so long to come out. Yeah. It's been like a month. Um, not since we recorded, but yeah, I mean, we took like. So, like, we recorded, like, the first five minutes in the first five days, and then the next five minutes in the next five days. No, but I did write these notes, like, weeks ago. And then the next five minutes in the next five days. So, like, five minutes per five days, it's we're not, going at a snail's pace, that's, guys. That's really not what happened. Okay, um, so I do, uh, I know that I mentioned before that I have a project that I'm working on. What's the project? Okay, so. Project X. Project no, it's not called X. Oh, what project? Project Pittsburgh River Murders. Oh, River okay, Murders. Okay, listen. So, if you've made it this far, as my Pittsburghers know, there was another body found in the river um, within the last week. I think it was Friday. And um, it's fitting a very specific pattern. And um, some people know this is a smiley face killer pattern. But me personally, I don't think that it's technically connected to the other cities. Um, but I am going to be undertaking a very large research project on it. Um, 
I can't really do investigative journalism because like, number one, I'm not an investigative journalist. Number two, I live 400 miles away from Pittsburgh. Um, but if anybody would like to help me, um, I'm just doing it because like this has been driving me crazy for literally years. Um, this is like the sixth person. And you just can't sleep. Literally, like, it, it, I didn't sleep the other day because I just kept researching things. You're so, so excited. <laughs> if anybody finds any articles, um, any, like, videos about it, if, if you want to write anything up about it, if you, like, know, like, the people who, like, went missing and are found, if you think that it was murder, if you think that it was, you know, if they actually fell in the water, which I don't believe that for any of them. Um, or if you're in too deep. <laughs> Please let me know. Um, it will be a serious uh, matter. It's not going to be like on the on the podcast. Yeah. Like like no Jason involved. Yeah, like I'm just doing it because I really think there's something going on, and my um, criminal, uh, well, my criminology side is really coming out, and like this has been bothering me for literally years. Um, and this most recent one kind of was that jump start that I needed to really go and, um, want to research. So if you are hearing this, um, even if you're not in the Pittsburgh area, but if you look up, um, young men going missing in the winter months and found in the spring months in the river, let me know. Um, but yeah, you can email me at, uh, the pretty crazy podcast at gmail.com. Um, or you can just reach out to us another way. But if you are interested and you know anything about anything, like let's let's get something rolling. Okay, get it rolling. Let's get some attention. Like even if biscuit. even if these are not connected, I still feel like a lot of them are very suspicious circumstances that need to be investigated further. And you know, I'm sure the cops are doing what they can, but it's just it's not sitting right with me. Yeah. So, um, I appreciate anybody who wants to help. Yeah. And, uh, I guess, I guess that's it for today. Yeah. We're going to sign off. We're going to sign off. I'm not sure if we're going to have one next week. I'm going to try to, but, um, if not, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.